Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My mother-in-law, she doesn't listen to podcasts. She doesn't listen to anyone. But you should listen to Wrecking Celtic. Part of the Daily Wrecking Podcast Network. Subscribe to iTunes and Audio Boom. Alright! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Graeme Young and today I'm joined by Daily Record Chief Football Writer Keith Jackson. How are you Keith? Very well Graeme, how are you? Excellent, excellent. looking forward to this. So, the two big talking points. I'm ready, I'm ready to bring it to you. The two big talking points today. Celtic win again at Ibrox. Is this fixture becoming just another game? And Celtic face Anderlecht this week in the Champions League. And we ask, are Brendan Rodgers men equipped to go to Belgium and win the match? So firstly, we go back to Ibrox on Saturday, Keith. Mm-hmm. It was a comfortable performance. It was a bit uh, praise for Pedro Kixinha's side in the first half. But overall, it was the stats were similar to the 5-1 game. Yeah. It was that a comfortable game? And stats were almost identical to the, to the 5-1 game. Um, it was comfortable. you know. Uh, Rangers, I think, received plaudits for getting in at half-time without any damage done. Nil-nil. Uh, and I guess that was a sign of improvement. But, you know, when you strip it back, this is Rangers at Ibrooks playing against their biggest rivals. To be given plaudits for, for keeping it at 0-0, just, it just tells you, it's a perfect illustration of the gap now between the two. Uh, did Rangers ever really look lightly against Celtic in that first half? Well, there was a penalty claim, there was... Um, Morelos almost got in the end of uh, a, a fizzing shot across the face from Taverni, Tavernier. Um, but were Rangers in the game? No, they weren't. I mean, they they they, they were trying to do a, I mean, a sort of holding job on Celtic. Um, they were a little bit better organised than perhaps they were previously. Uh, but I don't think Rangers can really take any plaudits really from it. Uh, and I think that Celtic. You know, had Celtic taken their chances in that first half, they could have gone in two, three, four goals up at half time. They went on to score two in the second half. As soon as they got the first, the match was over. You know, your question about is this just another fixture for Celtic? Well, it's not just another fixture, any old fixture, because of the rivalry, because of the the backdrop to the whole game, because of the passions that are involved in it. But in terms purely football terms on the pitch, yes, yes, Celtic have got no problem dealing with Rangers um, you get the feeling that they could do it with their eyes shut I think that's a third successive win at Ibrox that they've had and that's I think that's a first um, there is no problem there is no significant footballing sporting problem posed to Celtic by facing Rangers right now um, and there should be because Pedro Kixinha has by far and away the second biggest budget in Scotland if Celtic go to Pataudry do they expect to get a match yes they do expect to get a match um, I think they're finding it pretty easy 
dealing with Rangers right now. Uh, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. You touched upon it there, Keith. You said Celtic they should they should be challenged by Rangers. But do you think if this keeps going, there's one after win, will there become a point, maybe not under Brendan Rodgers, but in the future, do you, do you think if the dominance continues, will Celtic eventually lose their edge in these games? Or is that can Rangers come back up to that level? Is that the way it's going to become? Um, listen, as the Celtic supporters who watch they enjoy winning games of football at Ibrox or at Celtic Park against Rangers they'll, they'll, they'll never they'll never get bored of it um, I think there's, there's more of a danger that the Rangers fans will get bored of watching their team getting turned over on a regular basis um, but you know these things come and go in cycles there was periods obviously in the 90s when it was happening in reverse um, you know at some point the balance of power might start to shift but I can't see that balance of power shifting anytime soon if that's the question I think, uh, as you touched upon yesterday in your column about Pedro Coutinho and maybe trying to find a way to battle Scott Brown in the pitch, find a way to get the better of him there, rather than on the touchline, after a couple of days removed, what what was your feelings on that incident between the Rangers boss and the Celtic captain? I thought it was embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing for the Rangers manager to get involved in that. Um, I think there's a couple of things. I, I, I think, first of all, what's going through the guy's head when he says if I was out there on the pitch listen Pedro you've never been a player you, you, you've you got no right no entitlement to say to Scott Brown Abel if I was out there because you'll never have got to that level he would never have got to that level as a football player so it's a spurious point from, from the first instance but secondly what's he saying about the rest of his own players in that dressing room that none of them are man enough to stand up to him the way he's man enough to stand up to him it's it's an insult to his own players. It was an embarrassing incident for his football club. Um, I see no value in it, uh, and apparently his conduct going in inside the tunnel, which you know the TV cameras didn't capture, was equally as embarrassing. Um, Pedro Senior uh, needs to learn quickly about life in this city, about his responsibilities. Um, and also, you know, the main thing, and that's that's what I wrote in my column, never mind challenging Scott Brown so it looks good, so that the fans think you're a great guy because you stood up to him. Nonsense. His job was to formulate a plan to stop Scott Brown from running the show because Scott Brown has been running these games regularly over the period. Um, he, he is by far and away the most influential of Celtics players in that midfield during these matches. He dictates the game. Pedro Senior has watched this for three games and, and not come up with a, the first idea of how to shut him down. If his idea on Saturday was to put Carlos Pena on it, Carlos Pena, I think you could beat him in a foot race, Graham, to be perfectly honest with you. And, yeah, okay, maybe that's a bit of a stretch. Um, but, you know, the, the guy, he, he, it was a ludicrous solution to a huge fundamental problem. That's Pedro Senior's role. That's what he's meant to be doing, um, and, and that's where he came up short. So this, you know, challenging Scott Brown at the side of the pitch. Forget about it. You know, you, you Pedro Senior has let his side down because he didn't come up with it with a proper plan, and then he's insulted his players by saying that they're not man enough to deal with Scott Brown out there. It really is a bit of a mess. Rangers are in a bit of a mess right now. So touching upon you, obviously mentioned about Scott Brown running the show in the last few games. Where, where is his place 
in history now as a Celtic captain. Oh, cemented. Besson's Billy McNeil, or are we talking? I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, he's he's captained the club to six successive uh, league titles. They're not telling me that it's not going to be seven at the end of this season. He's got another year to go after that. If he gets, you know, if if that's eight, there seems to be, you know, I, I don't know if there'll be, if if it's possible for anybody to stop Celtic over the course of certainly not this season, probably not next season. There's eight, so he signs a new contract and he's the guy that leads them to nine titles, a single captain, nine t- successive titles. Scott Brown's place in Celtic's history is already cemented. Um, you know, I I think a lot of people look at him and. Maybe that he's a divisive character, or you know, he's he's got a personality that people don't take to. Um, but that's people that don't actually know Scott Brown. You know, he's on field demeanour. Um, I, I I can understand why some people might find him prickly or objectionable. Scott Brown, the person is a <laughs> you'll struggle to meet a nicer guy in football, and I'm saying that as someone with nearly thirty years experience of doing this job. Scott Brown is a, a is a really lovely guy away from the game. Uh, yes, he's a fierce competitor on it, um, but he's influencing these matches. And, and and I think I often think his technical ability is completely uh, underrated. I think that he's you know some people look upon him as a sort of a a dog of war, a guy that's got and he has he's got all that. He'll fight all day. He'll lead from the front, um, but his technical ability. I think it's it's really terrific. There was one incident in that game on Saturday uh, down by the touchline um, before Pedro got involved with him where it was a little drag back. It was almost sort of a Ronaldinho sort of a double drag back and then a beautifully weighted pass to Patrick Roberts. That's the ability that that the guy's got and it's no coincidence in my book as Gordon Strachan was alluding to uh, yesterday's press conference when he was naming his Scotland squad for the coming up matches against um, Slovakia and Slovenia. No coincidence that his return to the international fold uh, has coincided with this run of results which has got Scotland from no hopers in Group F to the brink of getting a playoff place. I think it was four points from our first 12 in this group. We've taken 10 points from the last 12. And that coincided with Scott Brown's return. It's not a coincidence. So we can turn quickly from the events at Ibrox and everything that followed to Wednesday night. Absolutely huge game for Celtic. So we're asking you, Keith, this game against Anderlecht in the Champions League, are Brendan Rodgers' men equipped to go to Belgium and win? Do you know, I'll be honest with you, that's a difficult one to answer because I don't, I haven't seen enough of Anderlecht to know just where they're at, what level they're performing at. What I would say is this, when Celtic went into this group, I wrote, you know, forget about the PSG and Bayern Munich matches, Yes, it'll be great entertainment. Yes, it'll be great to be around. There's a real sort of A-list feel to the thing. Um, but Celtic's group boils down to these matches against Anderlecht. And if Celtic can take four points from the two matches, then they'll extend their European run, they'll go into the Europa League. That's the target. So, can they win in Brussels? Well, let's see how the match goes. Certainly, you know, I don't think Celtic need to be too fearful. But if I was, uh, put it this way, if they come back... With a, with a point from that match, I think they'll be in an excellent position. Um, looking forward to get Anderlecht back at home. If they can win that match, four points from the two, you've got your job done. Because Anderlecht, I doubt very much, will take points anywhere else in this season. That's, you're obviously looking at the game itself, but I think tactically for Brendan Rodgers, 
he's been a very positive manager, even in these heavy defeats at the start of both Champions League campaigns. He was able to get two away draws last season. How do you think he'll line up tactically? Do you think it'll be his usual 4-3-3 or do you think he'll try and tighten up somewhere? There's tweaks to the system, isn't there? Um, for example, at the weekend there, uh, Stuart Armstrong and Rodgers are, are, de- are deployed in midfield. That's quite, I mean, that, that shows the level that he thought Rangers were at because there was no real attempt there to to have a defensive formation to his midfield. That was all about getting forward and getting on the front foot. Um, I think he'll tweak it. I think uh, Nicham will come into the, the midfield probably uh, in Brussels, which gives him a, just a, a belt and braces approach alongside Scott Brown. And then it's either Rodgers or, or, or Armstrong. Um very possibly Armstrong for me because I think he's coming right back on his game uh, and I think he's just got a little bit more energy and legs Rodgers is a showstopper because he's, he scores these really important goals and in really big matches so it's a difficult one to take him out of the team but I think Armstrong just gives you that little bit more I think that's the balance that he'll, that he'll try and get in his midfield um, I think it's got an attacking edge because Armstrong's running power um, will provide that but I think also with uh, with Brown and Cham in there, then you've got just that little bit more of a, a steady, rock-solid sort of base um, which, which to, to, to play in front of the defence. I, I reckon that's the, the route he'll go down. As I said, it's not going to be a major, it's not a major tweak. Never is with Brendan Rodgers, you know. Um, it's, it's only little minor adjustments to the system and I expect that on, uh, on Wednesday night. Just to talk a bit more about Brendan Rodgers there. Obviously last year I, t- I touched upon there the two away draws, that was a good end to the campaign. Started with the, the heavy defeat in 13 Champions League games for both Liverpool and Celtic. It's 1-1 while he's at Liverpool against Lodigrets. Mm-hmm. Is this a big moment in Brendan Rodgers' career as a manager against Anderlecht, a team who Celtic, if they win, there's a very good chance or a positive result of European football. Is this a night for his ability as a manager? What he's shown domestically to really come to the fore that's a fair enough fair enough point I think that, that Brendan Rodgers will be looking to show signs that, that he is becoming a better manager than than he was when, when he arrived everybody wants to improve everybody wants to keep on improving and and yes the Champions League is somewhere that Brendan Rodgers that's the, that's the that's the big pool isn't it that's where he'll want to show that he is capable of taking a club from Scotland bear in mind you know, we're not talking about Liverpool here we're not talking about one of the big spenders from down south. If he can take a Scottish club into that big pool and keep them afloat in it for long enough to, you know, to, to get through a campaign, I don't think that it's realistic to to look at this section and say, you know, Celtic have got a chance of qualification from it. But I think it's a success to go into the, the Europa League to get third place. So yes, you know, um, Brendan Rodgers will be I, I think one of the things is he, he will want to win games in the Champions League now I don't think he needs to be greedy I don't think he needs to be Anderlecht twice in this group he simply doesn't he simply needs to do what he did in the last season campaign when he did go away get good results away from home a point does fine uh, and then take care of business when, when Anderlecht come to Glasgow and you said there about taking care of business in terms of formations and all that there's going to be a big call tomorrow night on who leads the line Moussa Dembele came back, started against Ross County and featured as a sub against Rangers Lee Griffiths. It's not a big call for me. Okay. It's, it's Griffiths all day long. Uh, you know, there was a bit of a debate about that heading into the Old Firm match and I, I nailed my 
my colours to, to, to the Griffiths mast on that one. I said there'd be a, there should be a stewards inquiry or he'd be every right to call for a stewards inquiry if he didn't start the Rangers game. He did start it. Um, he might have got involved in one or two issues that, that, that will frustrate the life out of Brendan Rodgers actually because you're looking for maturity um, from Griffiths and you know he, he could have he could I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he was treading a thin line um, with some of his behaviour which could have impacted had the SFA looked in at the compliance officer Lee Griffiths doesn't need to do that Lee Griffiths wants to punish Rangers supporters he did it. He did it by ghosting around the back of Ross McCrory and smashing that goal in it. Wes Forigham's, um near post. That's where he'll get his joy. Uh, listen, for me, Lee Griffiths is a player who has come on leaps and bounds. We talk about maturity. I'm talking as a football player. His maturity as a football player is unrecognisable from the levels it was at just a couple of years ago. I remember being in Croatia when he made his Scotland debut and he was like a fish out of water, so far out of his depth um, against international defenders. He didn't look as if he had the physicality for it, he didn't look as if he could hold the ball in, he didn't look, you know, he, he has added so many strings to his bow over the last two, two seasons, it's frightening. Um, and I think the last one, if he can just, you know, concentrate, he doesn't need to get involved in all the other stuff. Um, if he can apply that same level of maturity, uh, to the way he conducts himself, you know, he's, I think he's, he really is, and, and do you know something, I don't want to sound as if I'm having a go at Lee Griffiths, because I think all the credit in the world is due to him, for, for the way that he has knuckled down, for the way that he's he's added so many things to his game, to become, you know, first of all, he's now Scotland's, without question, number nine. Now, he's that's a long journey, because he was nowhere near it. He's the first name in Stratton's team sheet now, um, and for me, he'll be the first name in Brendan Rodgers' team sheet for this game. Now, that's not to say, as the season goes forward, as Dembele gets himself fitter, that there's not going to be an issue or an argument over who's having that shot, because I expect there will be. Um, but at this moment in time, Griffiths is flying, Dembele's a little bit rusty. I think Dembele will need to play his way back in before he can really ex- expect to challenge Griffiths for that shot. I'd, I'd be astonished if it's anybody but Lee Griffiths on Wednesday. Sticking with Anderlecht, this afternoon I spoke to Belgian journalist Eve Tileman about Celtic's crunch clash with the Belgians tomorrow night. You're obviously very excited ahead of Celtic's trip to, play, uh, to face Anderlecht tomorrow. What's your thoughts on the game? How are, how are Celtic regarded in Belgium? Is there, is there much known about this current team? It's, it's the, the absolute game they, they have to win because we know that in the, in the four other games against uh, Bayern Munich and, and PSG, we don't have any chance to win a point. So, so this is absolutely a game uh, we have to win the, the three points. Uh, we did so. We did so in 2003 uh, against Celtic. So why shouldn't couldn't we do it uh, tomorrow? So we think we, we think we, we have a chance to win, but of course will not be easy. But, but in Europe, Amalek, um well, can sometimes uh, play much better than in, in the Belgian league. Do you think, is there, much, is there much known about Celtic? Is there a feeling that Celtic are a danger team? Or is this a team that Anderlecht should be beaten and can beat? Um, I think they, they can beat them here at home. Of course, uh, in Glasgow it will be totally different because... Um, especially Olivier de Sert, who played uh, the game in two, 2003, says that in that game, 
he was so impressed by, by the crowd that it was absolutely impossible uh, to, to win uh, the game over there. But uh, away, um, I think they can, uh, Celtic uh, can be beaten, I think. Okay. It's been a, a bad start, not, not a great start to the season for Anderlecht. Domestically, they've, they've struggled to pick up points. There was a change of manager. Is there much hope amongst the, the fans here? Do they, are, they, are they counting on a win? Are they hoping they can get the three points? Absolutely, uh, because, um, uh, like I say, in Europe, they, they can do something more than, than in the Belgian League. They, they had not such a bad game in, in Bayern Munich. Uh, with 10 players, uh, they were beaten 3-0, but they had two or three good opportunities, so they were not ridiculized uh, over there. Uh, and for this game, the, the, the stadium will be sold out uh, tomorrow. Um, I, I feel that there's a special vibe uh, in the stadium. Uh, fans will be very enthusiastic. Uh, and they, they absolutely like the new coach who played in Anderlecht for uh, four years, from 2006 to 2010. So he's a real Anderlecht man. He's got Anderlecht heart. And I think the, the enthusiasm in the stadium will be uh, great. Obviously, there's been good money spent. Obviously, Yuri Tillman's left for Monaco in the summer. But who's the current danger man in this Anderlecht team? Who are the players that Celtic really have to worry about tomorrow night? Well, there is one guy who doesn't play all the games, but Henry uh, Onyekuru uh, has been sold to uh, Everton and then uh, has signed on loan in Anderlecht. Um, he's a Nigerian guy. He's really very fast. Uh, he plays often on, on the left side. Uh, I think he can be very dangerous uh, tomorrow. Uh, then, of course, our, our striker, uh, Lukas Teodocic, is... is uh, was top uh, the last season. He scored almost every game in, in the first round. But since March, he's got a problem. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, he, can't, uh, he can't find the way of, of, of the goal anymore. So, but he can maybe, in, in, in games like these, uh, find his best form again. Um, for the rest, uh, well, the problem with his new coach is that we don't know what team he, uh, he will choose for. Uh, he also surprised us on, on, on Saturday. Um, so on Saturday, the guy who scored was uh, um, Stanchu, a Romanian midfielder, uh, who was uh, bought um, uh, for almost uh, 10 million uh, euros uh, last season. Um, so he he's, he's a good player, but he's very irregular. So I don't know if he will play uh, tomorrow. But these are the guys uh, who are... Well, and then I maybe forget uh, Sofian Hami, who is an Algerian striker, midfielder. He played a great game against Man United last season, but he's out of form for the moment. So um, I don't know if he will play, and if he plays, if he will be uh, in good shape. You touched upon there, Henry Onyekuru. There's actually a lot of story. Celtic were very close or in talks to sign him in January uh, as a striker, and he's uh, still at Yupin scoring goals. As, uh, as you said, he's not been playing every game, but... What, what are his friends, for someone who's been able to watch him, he's we hear he's quick and he's pacey, is, is he a player that can get in behind Celtic and, and make the difference on the big European stage? Yeah, I think so, I think so. He's, he's very, very quick, um, and, uh, but also quick with, with the ball on the foot. Last year, Anderlecht had another uh, very uh, fast striker. It was uh, Achampong, Frank Achampong, who, who did great things in, in, in uh, the Europa League. But this one is even better... Um, uh, you know, ball on, on, the, on the foot, so he's uh, he can be very dangerous in, in the in, in the counter attack. 
but also in in the in the in the box he's a he's a real killer. Last year he was almost best striker of the Belgian league, so uh, I think he's still very young. Um, sometimes I'm I'm a bit disappointed by his games, but uh, you know he's already scored a few ones uh, this season, and and I think he, he can be a real threat for for Celtic tomorrow. Definitely, and it's always the case when. A player's been linked with another club and they come up against them, they face them. Sometimes uh, good things happen in the case of the player. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you as well is, is uh, just about the, the sacking of Rene Weiler. I think when the manager left, I think there was a feeling that the board seemed to back him almost and then changed their mind. Were you surprised by the sacking of the previous manager? Was that something that shocked you when it happened? Um... Yes and no. Yes, because um, the board of Amalek said the week before uh, that they absolutely wanted to keep him, that he was the, the man on the right place and that they would back him till, uh, till the last minute. Uh, but then in, in, in the game in Kortrijk, uh, 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 there the fans uh, shouted again against him, even when Amalek scored the goal. They, they went on shouting against uh, the, the manager. So then uh, he went to the board and he said, look, I can't win this battle. Uh, I have to give it up. Uh, I'm leaving. And, and so that was not really a surprise, but I think the guy didn't have the same philosophy as, as the club. He, he, he preferred uh, to leave the ball to the, to, to the opponent and uh, to be dangerous in the counter-attack. But this is not the philosophy of Anderlecht. Anderlecht has to be dominant. Uh, has to play game, has to play like Ajax in in, in Holland, uh, you know, or, or like well, I exaggerate, but like Barcelona in, in, in Spain. You know, we have to make uh, make the game, um, and that's what the new coach, the new manager here, uh, wants to introduce again. Okay, it's interesting that you say that because there's maybe a feeling in Scotland that this current Celtic team are at their very best when they're playing teams that come on to them. So Celtic. Uh, sometimes maybe in the home games, big games, small games, doesn't really matter. Like they, they struggle sometimes to break teams down, but away from home, they've they've got a, a very strong record. Do you expect Anderlecht to try and come on to Celtic, try and push the pace, uh, control the game tomorrow night? Yeah, I think they they, they want control the game with this with this manager. Uh, I don't think we will see many games of Anderlecht uh, or whether we'll be waiting and. and you know, the crowd will, will push analysts uh, to the front uh, as well. Um, you know, we, we need a good result tomorrow, but uh, the way of playing will be also very important uh, uh, because we, Amelis won his game. It was, uh, it was an awful game and, and the manager was very criticised. So uh, now he will take no risks. I think he will uh, attack from the first minute on. OK, so since we've got you on the phone now, is, would you uh, like to share a prediction? What, what, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow night? Yeah, so uh, um, 2-0 for on the left uh, tomorrow. 2-0? Yeah, 2-0. Well, I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming uh, okay, to speak no to us. Excellent. Enjoy the game tomorrow and I'll speak to you soon. Well, that's all from us this week. We'll be back next Tuesday by 4pm. If you want to get in touch with us, you can follow myself on Twitter at Graham underscore Young27 and Keith is of course at Heather Meatballs. That's it. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you like, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.